Pacquiao coming to you live from World Championship in San Jose. Welcome to the Living Legends Podcast. How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to the Living Legends Podcast, your weekly Flesh and Blood podcast where we talk about all aspects of the Flesh and Blood trading card game. We have a lot of really exciting stuff to talk about this week. We have nationals and a lot of other really exciting news, including the Round the Table product. But before we get to that, let's talk about our, our excellent co-hosts. Uh, we're going to go in reverse order this time. Let's go Bill first. Hey, Bill, how's it going? Hello. Uh, I am reverse alphabetical order, uh, also known as Bill from the Spike Feeders. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a pretty interesting one. Uh, I've been uh, sort of admittedly checked out of a lot of the talk that's been surrounding uh, the various tournaments that have elapsed recently. Uh, and uh, both of the other co-hosts uh, have immediate and uh, hands-on experience with two different tournaments. So I'm, I'm just here for the ride, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Um, and uh, as... How you doing, man? In good old the land of the Switz. That's right. Yeah. So the background behind me is one that you probably don't recognize for people that are watching this. Um, but this is uh, my good friend Pascal's um, setup, essentially. So I'm staying with him at the moment in Switzerland. And uh, a lot of you might have met him, actually. The guy with the red hat at Worlds. Uh, uh, I know you've met him, Cal. He was <laughs> the... Uh, Pascal was the uh, Swiss uh, banner bearer. He He had the Swiss flag. For the banner procession, right. and he was uh, a former Swiss national champion. So that's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. He was the first, him. the first Swiss national champion. Um, I think he has a trophy somewhere. He might be able oh. to grab it for me if you into the. Don't worry. As uh, we'll be back shortly. Um, <laughs> there actually reminds me of something I want to talk about a little bit later, and that is the Japanese. Uh, the first Japanese nationals mm -hmm. happened this weekend, and I, I caught a bit of it and had some some interactions with some of the folks from it. So I want to talk about that a little bit um, once uh, once Az gets back. Once we get Az back, yeah, he was uh, when he when we first sort of started up the call. I think he was outside. I think he was intending to to just film outside just to to give Pascal his own space or whatever. Um, and uh it was not working <laughs> like yeah. the second that he joined in he was going like one frame every like 45 seconds or something um so yeah it's very possible that uh the the signal just isn't phenomenal but you know we're still happy that he's here i'm back okay yeah that's a moment, <laughs> momentary lapse. I was praising Pascal, and suddenly it all cut out. <laughs> yeah, so it's all good. We <laughs> we kept it on for a little bit, and then we were like, ah, Kel, uh, Kel was like, he probably wants to hear about some of the things I'm about to talk about. So <laughs> yeah, so oh, nice. We didn't we didn't really uh didn't really miss too much. So uh, yeah, you you good. mentioned I just started talking about burgers. Yeah, I, you oh, know brilliant. what? I might I might put that bit in the end, maybe. <laughs> cut it out with a burger bit at the end talking about burgers um so hey if you're if you're listening to this now maybe uh stay till the end of the episode and maybe we'll put there's like you know a couple minutes talk about burger week if you don't know what burger week is like i didn't you can stay stay tuned for what 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 the hell burger burger week is yeah you um, can you can please. be informed by me <laughs> yeah sounds all delicious. i can see in the um all i can see in the living legends chat is uh 
Chuck and brisket patty, slaw, burger sauce, and three slices of USA cheese, tater tots, onions, and thick dill picks wrapped to perfection in a oh, crunchy-ass yeah. flour tortilla with kilter hot sauce, which is quite yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> shout out shout out Cosmo, Cosmo's Space Cowboy Food Cantina uh, and their wow, submission for Burger Week. 420 was an inside job. Oh, uh, yeah, let's go. Um, <laughs> all right. Back, back on the flesh and blood stuff. Um, yeah. So I was going to, I I briefly mentioned that um, you saying that Pascal was the first Swiss national champion reminded me that uh, the Japanese nationals also happened uh, last weekend. So it was the very first Japanese oh, yeah. national. So I do want to talk about that uh, when the time comes. But uh, yeah. I think I will do my week in flesh and blood last because my week leads into some other stuff. And my week is yeah. probably also the longest because I'm going to talk about uh, nationals. I'm going to talk about so both U.S. and, and Japanese. Then I also want to talk yeah. about um, uh, a project that I'm working with um, that relates to the Living Legend podcast with uh, artist Bima. And then I want to mention oh. um, playing the round of the table product, and that will lead into the next part. So... Yeah, with that well, said, I can just carry on because um, yeah, I mean, I I, li I literally just released a video just now actually, which was cracking packs on the top of a mountain. So today, um, so today, me and Pascal and uh, another guy called Fedir, who is on who is on Twitter, can't remember what his tag is though, um, is uh, we walked up to the top of Mount Pilatus, which is a large mm. mountain in Switzerland, and we walked the whole way up. It was four and a half hours of trekking up a huge mountain. And there is going to be a vlog on Go Again Gaming, so I filmed a load of it on the GoPro. Um, but um, the video that I released today was literally just cracking German history pack and a Dust Till Dawn box on uh, on top of the peak of Mount Pilatus. Nice. Um, so I don't think it's I don't think I don't think that's ever been done. So you should definitely go and watch it because it's just flesh and blood packs being opened on the top of a mountain. Um, so <laughs> you should uh, definitely go check it out. But yeah, Switzerland's been really, really nice. Um, obviously, I was I was uh, went to the PTI event, which was on on the, on the back of the Swiss Nationals. So that was that was fun. Um, and uh, went zero and three, unfortunately. So it was it was a it was rough. Uh, but um, I'm going to blame the uh, copious amounts of traveling and you know all this other stuff that I've been doing as a result of that poor performance. But there was a um, there was a there was a game where uh, I had two hands that I couldn't play any I didn't have any arrows and that hasn't happened for a while Oof. there was a I was a game I was playing against Katsu where on the first turn I had no arrows so I couldn't even do anything on the first turn and then after I'd clapped back for like 17 dominated red in the ledger my when, when my next turn came round after that again no arrows um, mm. so it hasn't happened for a while to be honest you know Azalea's consistency has got a little bit better but mm -hmm. um but uh, yeah, it hasn't happened for a while, so typical. It just it just happens this weekend. But yeah, luckily had had loads of good fun and uh, hopped on to do some PTI uh, PTI coverage at the very end for the top eight. And yes. there was an Azalea in the semi final as well, so I was happy to do that. Obviously. Um, but yeah, Switzerland's great. Very expensive, but uh, would definitely recommend to anyone to travel over here because it's fantastic. And I want to come back next year with the girlfriend so she can do it all over again. Um, but um, but yeah, definitely recommend it. I'm not sure if you guys have ever been or, or what have you, but or listeners mm -hmm. out there, whether you're watching this now in the future. Uh, Barcelona yeah, will there. be uh, my first trip to Europe. So, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been to Europe in a long time, but uh, if you've been to 
Switzerland, uh, comment <laughs> down below. If you yeah, are Switzerland, Swiss. comment down yeah. below. Let's let's get a fight. <laughs> yeah. Let's get a fight in the comments. Who has better cheese, France or Swiss? Switzerland. Oh, damn. Go. <laughs> oh, that was a weird oh. thing as well, right? When I was up, the, when I was when I was climbing this mountain, right? This would all be on the vlog, so don't want to spoil too much of it because it's absolutely hilarious. Um, but um, we, we were sort of maybe one thousand meters up on the on the on the mountain, and there was a fridge on the side of the on the side of the mountain which had cheese in it that you hmm. which you could purchase Hell yeah. uh, uh, through through the app or cash. And the the great thing was as well when you're sort of one thousand five hundred meters up in the air, there was five G. It was brilliant. It's better than what Britain's got. <laughs> Just as standard on top of a mountain. So I mean, wow. I'd buy it. Not I, I'd, I'd buy the fridge cheese. The yeah, mount, yeah. The mountain fridge. I cheese, would. I would like, inherently trust the fridge cheese. Get a nice cam well. camembert, some uh, some feta in there. I don't know, even some like provolone or something. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> anyway, uh, Asiago. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, yeah, it's been good fun. So, uh, but yeah, so um, I'll throw it over to you now, Cal, who's got uh, a lot of juicy stuff. I, I imagine. Yeah. Well, actually, before I go, Bill, you got a you got a weekend fab? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. I, um, I, I was mentioning. But... Yeah, I was mentioning uh, that I might be able to rope one of my friends back into to playing Flesh and Blood. I was trying to get him to play for a That's little cool. while, and he had only played Mechanologist. And uh, we played a couple times. He said that he enjoyed it, but, you know, sometimes life is just too busy. Yeah. And then um, we were talking about it again, actually, just earlier today. And I was like, hey, uh, we should play Flesh and Blood again. And he's like, yeah, we definitely should. And I was like, did you know that there's a full mechanologist only set coming out in like less than two months? He's like, oh, maybe it's yeah. time for my triumphant return. <laughs> Dude, it's it's like even less than that because oh. we got. Oh, so one thing I will talk about this today too is uh my my spoiler card which um mm -hmm. i think at the time of this posting i'll probably have announced when it is anyway it's it's literally this coming weekend uh it's on the 9th is when i drop my spoiler card and uh we have the dust uh, the dust alone we have the bright lights pre-release at the end of the month which means um in the, the first week of october is when the set drops so it's like it's so like a wild. it's like a month away it's so it, it's coming up so fast <laughs> yeah um oh, yeah it actually really makes me excited for uh, them doing four sets a year because, like, it's going to be, like, just, you know, that much more often. I think four sets is still really manageable. I'm really, really excited for it, um, both as a big Flesh and Blood fan, but also as, like, a content creator because it gives me more stuff to talk about. And I can feature Flesh and Blood um, more often on my channel in meaningful ways, which is what I would mm -hmm. like to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, we won't have quite as many sort of lulls in between yeah. um, just things to talk about. Which yeah. I think is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love talking about flesh and blood. <laughs> speaking okay, speaking of which. All right, let's get it. Let's get into mm -hmm. it. I have a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. So I will mention my spoiler card thing now, I guess. Get the one out of the way. Yes, I do have a spoiler card. It is on the ninth. Um, anytime that I want to post it. I'm not sure entirely sure when I'm gonna post it. I'm not done yet, but just stay tuned to Red Zone Rogue. Uh, I'll post about it on Twitter and I'll post about it on my um on my YouTube. Um so yeah. By the time this goes live, I probably have already done like a cool little teaser you know image or something um awesome. but it's really cool i can't wait to share it with everyone and um the idea is uh alex was like hey we want to help we want you to help bring in the hype for for bright lights and uh there's definitely some hype so oh let's stay tuned um and then 
we have uh, nationals, right? So we have uh, U.S. nationals and we have Japanese nationals that I want to talk about. U.S. nationals. Well, let's, let's talk about Japanese nationals first because it's much quicker. Um, Japanese nationals happened, I think, was it last night or the night before? Um, it was really, really interesting to see the Japanese meta. Uh, they did coverage and um, actually tangentially know everyone on the Japanese coverage team. I didn't know that I did when I was watching them because I know them by like their Twitter handles. But yeah. um, and I also know Yui. Uh, Yui is a Japanese uh, YouTuber. Uh, she also does uh, magic content as well. She's super, super nice. Um, and so like it was cool to see her in the ca- in the coverage booth as well as um, um, hold on. I want to pull up because I want to shout them out because I think they did a great job, uh, especially since it was like the first Japanese nationals. I tweeted about it and I was like, oh, that's awesome. I don't know the other two casters or that someone was like, oh, these are the casters. And I was like, oh, maybe I do know them. And then (laughs) and then they followed up with like, oh, yeah, they even mentioned you on stream for being a huge supporter of like flesh and blood in the Japanese community. And I was like, oh, really? Like, that's so that's so sweet. Oh, oh, damn. That's like the most (laughs) wholesome thing that I've been a part of in a, in a very long time and it like was very like touching and they also said that's what the um, that's what the tweet of the week was it was you it was your oh. tweet that you po- you posted in the chat yeah so let me let me <laughs> yeah carry on because i think that's what it was so uh, i just want to mention the two other casters so there's um the other two casters are uh liger takasu and uh, Squid JPN. Those are the other two casters. Um, excellent folks. And it was all uh, hosted by the unofficial um, like fl- uh, J- Japanese uh, Flesh and Blood um, uh, Winter thing. Mysteria, isn't it? Yeah. The, the Twitter is just uh, unofficial JPN. It's at unofficial JPN is, is what the oh, Twitter yeah. is. But yeah, the, the YouTube channel is Winter Mysteria. And then, of course, like I mentioned, um, uh, Yui... Uh, Tokiwa did uh, casting coverage as well, but uh, they also mentioned the other like really touching thing was um, apparently they had mentioned that uh, like they're like oh yeah they mentioned that uh, they're waiting for you to come to Japan for the next like event like the calling <laughs> or whatever which I was like yes yes I would love to do that that would be incredible <laughs> um yeah said. I should not forget to tell you that they said that they are waiting for you to come to Japan if calling or something scheduled in the future. Yes. So that was the Japanese nationals. Um, it was really and interesting to watch. So that, that, and that, oh yeah, and that's something that we would definitely go to as well. You know, if there if there is a calling in Japan or something of that stature, that is a trip waiting to happen as well. I think. Um, yeah, so... I like currently. I'm like, if there's a calling in Japan, there's like a ninety plus percent chance that I go. Um, yeah. Even if they don't ask me to do, you know, coverage or anything, I just, I really want to go. I think it'd be incredible. Um, and I do want to oh, shout out yeah. the the person who won Japanese nationals, so the first ever Japanese nationals. So I think it's a big deal. His name is uh, Tanse Hiroyuki, and um, he won on Lexi. Uh, one other important thing that I want to note for Japanese nationals is there was a Dorinthia in the top four. Uh, rocking Jubil against Icelander. It was super cool. Really, really fun. Oh, wow match to watch very nice um i think uh the the player did a, a fantastic job so shout out to her and um yeah i thought, I thought that was... so 
So Jubil makes a spell Bane Aegis, which then prevents one damage of any type. Is that right? Uh, arcane. It prevents one arcane damage. Yeah. One arcane damage. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it was really yeah, close. Spellvoid really spell one, I think the token has, or something similar. Something um, like that, yeah. Yeah, um, it might not be exactly spell, spell void. I, I can't remember but... if it's templated as spell void one, but what it does is it prevents the next one. It's kind of like a, you know, um, spectral shield for arcane specifically. Um, mm. Yeah, because I was when I was when I was casting the Swiss Nationals, you know, there's a lot of there was an Icelander game on, and I've realised that without running all equipment being AB plus an arcane lantern, you can't. You can't A B a bloody Aether Ice Vein because it comes in for five. Yep. So it's always gonna get it's always gonna get the on hit, which why means you have to discard a card. That's why it's good. It's yeah. just absolute absolutely vile. So how do you deal with that? That's a good a good idea. Spellbane Aegis could be one of the things. Yeah. I don't know whether what whatever equipment they were using, but that's a cool thing nonetheless. The way a lot of people deal with it is you if they have two blues, you pitch two blues and you prevent three and then pay for the two so you don't have to discard. Um Oh right, yeah. So you pay for the yeah, because you pay yeah, you have to pay, don't you? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. On the discard, or yeah, you just okay. or you just take it and discard. Yeah, it's it's rough. I mean, that's one of the best cards for Icelander. Uh, Icelander basically just wants to force cards out of your opponent's hand, either through seven attacks or uh, attacks that yeah. literally just rip it. Um, that's yeah. kind of that's kind of how she works. Um, yeah, and then yeah, once you get down uh... into like the ten life area, that's where she can kind of like combo off and. Kill, kill someone yeah the the strategy that i've found that works the best and has the highest success rate playing against icelander is just to kill them fast uh just so yeah. they they can't play cards if they're dead <laughs> yeah that's right just just yeah. kill them. Yeah. if just you're kill them, forehead. if you want to ask how i get to that stage uh, that's a that's a secret Super story i definitely i definitely have a strategy uh it it happens, you know. I'm able to kill them. Tell us afterwards. Fast. Yeah. Just don't yeah. just don't ask any further questions. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that was uh, Japanese nationals. Uh, I think it was really cool, and I think it was a very, uh, like a landmark event. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I, I recommend going and watching it if you if you miss some of the coverage. Um, the matches were really interesting, and uh, if you know the Flesh and Blood cards, it's, it's pretty easy to follow along, even though all the coverage is in uh, Japanese. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, U.S. Nationals uh, was uh, what I partook in. I did casting coverage for the entire event. Um, and I'm going to try to cut it pretty short because I did a whole like uh, vlog thing on it. The video is just called How Good Is U.S. Nationals. And essentially it, I don't want to say the reinvigorated because my passion really wasn't waning at all. But it kind of like got me out of a like burned out slump from Flesh and Blood. Mm. It, it like reinvigorated me i guess like i will use reinvigorated me in a way that i didn't think would happen it just like the whole vibe of the event getting back into the coverage booth just talking about flesh and blood experiencing everything that there is to experience just walking around the venue the venue was in the Westgate, which is a massive massive hotel casino with a bunch of restaurants inside it takes up like multiple blocks uh the 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 venue was inside the Westgate. There was also like a Miss America or not. It was people from other other places in the world. So maybe it was like a Miss Universe pageant or something. There was a pageant mm -hmm. going on. There was a boxing thing going on because I saw people setting up like a boxing ring. Very big venue. But the coolest part is, is you're walking through, walk to the casino area and you walk past like this, uh, one of the, one of the cafes or whatever. And there's just people playing flesh and blood, man. Like this is not even in the actual convention center. They're just playing flesh and blood. There's people jamming CC games, people prepping for Monarch draft. 
it was so cool of just like experiencing this this thing, right? Just everyone's just playing Flesh and Blood. And then, of course, you get into the venue. The venue itself was really nice. It's probably one of the nicest venues I've been at for Flesh and Blood. And I've been at a, a good chunk at this point, maybe close to 10 of these big calling plus level events. Um, very nice venue run by Star City Games. My first time working with Star City Games, I only have great things to say about them, honestly. Uh, they kept the ball rolling. The The showrunner guy is uh, Jeremy Knoll. You, people might know him from the Commander oh, yeah. versus series. Um, my first time meeting Jeremy, also really nice dude. I uh, had uh, dinner with him one night and some of the other SCG crew. And um, yeah, good dudes. Um, I'm, I'd be very happy to work with them again, which um, I don't know. We'll see. Might, might, might happen. Um, it really feels like they want to get casters on a more regional basis. Um, whereas yeah. like, so I talked to Trevor from LSS. He's one of the big OP um dudes runs a lot of i think he might he might just be the head of premier organized play because i also talked to francesca and also from lss and i think she's the head of north american organized like premier level organized play um and then we talked to alan here on the podcast and he is he's like op for the store level um but uh the basically the vibe that i got is they it sounds like they want to get casters who do coverage for um like they're their region, right? So if it's going to be West Coast, and I, you get, I guess you count Las Vegas as West Coast, then they're going to ask someone like me and Ponkage and like Sam. And then in, if, if it's like East Coast, they'll ask folks from the East Coast, you know, maybe. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think DM Ramada is kind of like in the middle. So they'll probably ask him to do East Coast because there might be less people from the East Coast. But in any case, um, SEG was great. Um, we're doing the casting and coverage. Um, was was really great to get back in the booth again. Last time I did Flesh and Blood coverage was Pro Tour 1. So it had been almost a year since I did Flesh and Blood coverage. So it was, it was really great to get back in and at like a premier level event like U.S. Nationals. Um, yeah, did casting with Brian Gottlieb again with Flake. Flake was kind of like my wingman for the whole weekend. Um, and then uh, it was really great to meet, meet Sam and Ponkage, uh, also known as Ethnic Smoke. Um, it was my first time meeting them in person. And... Ponkage is just like he's just a great dude. Like we were like having dinner at Benihana's. Um and uh I didn't really like Benihana's by the way, but the the company was great. Uh and so Ponkage and I we we talked a lot about like Baldur's Gate and a bunch of other random crap. It just it was just good. Um good times. And uh we also <laughs> we also joked about how Flake is just an awful human being, just hunting elephants and rhinos in the African Savannah. <laughs> I don't know how we ended up with that. If there's yeah, if there's one thing that I know about Flake, it's that he's a poacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so funny. The the joke is, by the way, that he is such a nice dude that he would never do anything like that. That is the actual yeah. joke. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it was, it Flake was... is Flake is a phenomenal human being. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I just had a, a, an awesome time just overall uh, about the event. If you didn't catch the event, uh, the meta was really really interesting. I actually think the CC meta for Flesh and Blood right now is fascinating and very very open i think there are maybe like maybe you can argue like six or seven viable decks that potentially could take any event obviously we have lexi as the forerunner but lexi did not win u.s nationals briar won u.s nationals on a fatigue build um i called it fridge briar on the weekend but like yeah, yeah so briar ended up winning uh charles dunn took it uh it was a great meta call a great counter uh, it was really interesting because uh, Fino Black made it to the top eight playing Dromai, one of the other heroes that I would say is in the, in contention. And if if Charles had gotten matched against Fino at any point, 
I think Fina would have slam dunk destroyed him. Like Dromite just claps this fatigue briar so hard. It's not even mm-hmm. funny. Like it because the briar doesn't have very many attacks to actually kill the dragons, either poppers or otherwise. They have, they have some poppers here or there, like seven attacks. That's what the deck does. It basically blocks a bunch and then attacks with seven attacks. But like other than that, their attacks are like crap. And so if they can just snowball out, good luck. Like they're just going to get dusted. Feels really bad as well, having to use your amazing defensive tools on Ashwings as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just to ping us. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, but yeah, that's, that's that's what you said on the last the last thing, Bill. You was like, oh yeah, these Canadian guys I know are brewing with this fatigue list. It's, yeah, uh... it's funny to listen back to that. <laughs> yeah. So it's actually a list that a lot of or several pro players have been kind of you know messing around with kind of like hush hush i know steven diarmamada's been kind of big on it uh for a little while in fact he was a little bit i don't want to say miffed or anything but when it won and briar ll he was like oh now i can't play it at the calling in in texas because <laughs> it's what he wanted to play um should have brought it sooner what, what was interesting is there were a couple lexis in the top eight there was dromai there was icelander but there was also two briars one of them was the fatigue briar and the other briar was more traditional briar which is kind of interesting to have two different decks but from the same hero yeah. in the top eight same, I, same hero but different strategies is interesting yeah. i think it's super cool and i think that's something that we'll see much later in flesh and blood i think as the card pool expands oh, i think we'll, i think we'll start to see this kind of thing more often um well even potentially just soon with bright lights oh like for sure we might yeah. have yeah, yeah. a bunch of different types of mechanologist even the same hero like maybe dash io just lends itself to a control strategy because i yeah. know turtle dash has been kind of a thing yeah. Um, previously like pistol control yeah um and then you could also still have like really just completely aggressive mono boost dash um, so i keep that's what i keep saying as well i keep saying like you're going to get to this point where you sit across the table from a hero and you're not going to know what's going to happen what's going to happen what's going to go mm-hmm. on because you just because they got so many archetypes and it could be the start of that with the mechanologist but yeah we do have the teclovoson and the dash io but they're going to be different than what exists already but yeah. We will see. Razor. Yeah, Brian uh, Brian Gottlieb had mentioned uh, in one of the random interviews that I listened to recently that uh, Mech is going to be quite different post um, post Bright Lights. Nice. It's it's not yeah. going to be they they didn't just put a bunch of boost cards in for normal dash. It's going to be quite different. Yeah. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that actually. Yeah, um, definitely. And uh, just to cap off the U.S. Nationals, I mean, like I said, I just had I had a really really good experience. Um, and um yeah i just kind of like i don't once again i didn't want to say reinvigorated because my my love for flesh and blood wasn't waning at all but it's just one of those things where when you think about something so much uh you know sometimes you get a little bit burnt out on it and going to an event like this just really really fired up my my passion for it again so recommended just go to these events if you can i know it's difficult they're expensive they might not be in your area but if you can even if you're not competing in the main event i think they're worth it there's so much fun. Mm-hmm. There's tons and tons of side events. There was like commoner side event. There was a UPF side event. Um, there was a cosplay contest. Okay, I'll mention this too. I got roped into judging the cosplay contest two hours before it happened. And so <laughs> previously going into the day, everyone was like an understanding that Flake would be judging the cosplay contest, right? Like, we were like, okay, Flake's going to judge the con- cosplay contest. That's cool. Um, we even set like the, the final round of the day i think uh, brian gottlieb and i were casting the final round uh just so flake can go do his thing so we got done and uh flake comes up to us this is after coverage is all done and he's like 
Okay, guys. Believe me or not, I'm telling the truth. You guys are judging the cosplay contest. And we're like, <laughs> and I was like, no, you're judging the cosplay contest. And he's like, nope, I'm hosting it. You're judging. Um, I know some of the other guys didn't really feel comfortable judging it because they like, you know, they're like, hey, these people put a lot of passion into it and I have no idea how to judge. Um, they did have a yeah. big, big list of criteria for us to judge on. There's like three different main points to judge on. Um, and I was like, you know, I feel a little bit, um, not super qualified, but a little bit. Cause I have talked to cosplayers. I have friends who are cosplayers. And so I know what some things to look out yeah. for. So for example, I value, um, homemade and kit bash things more than like store-bought things, for example, you know, that, that kind of stuff where I'm like, Hey, if someone put the effort to make, you know, a prop or make a piece of armor or whatever, uh, that got more points for me, that kind of stuff. Uh, turns out I was I was also the most lenient judge because I think I gave more high scores than anyone else because I'm just like, oh look at the, the, all the passion that went into the the costume and everything. I'm just like, oh, I can't give them that low of a score. Um, <laughs> but long story short, uh, it was interesting and uh, Max Ferocity ended up winning it. She did a um, a dated all cosplay that was just incredible. Like a lot of people. Did really, really well. Like, I give give shout out to the lady who did the Leave No Witnesses cosplay. I think it was fantastic. And as well as uh, Carolina, who did Lexi. But I think everyone, all the judges were, it was like a unanimous decision that uh, that Max Ferocity win uh, with Date at All. Because that was just so, so good. It was incredible. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is like, she was like, I know she was like really worried. And she even said like... Like, she's like, I didn't expect to win. I thought I would get, like, fourth or something. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it's so good. <laughs> You're, like, easy, easy, like, slam dunk. Uh, not to, Yeah, Carolyn not... is just a top-tier um, cosplayer, honestly. <laughs> well, Zoe, well, Carolina, she got she got second. So, Carolina, Max Ferocity, uh, her name is, her real real name is Rachel. But um, oh, she's actually, this, this is kind of going to maybe segue to another thing I want to talk about. Uh, Max Ferocity. Rachel uh, is going to be very likely in our next D and D mini campaign. So we currently have the escape from South mall. Um, we still have several more episodes of that. Not going to exactly tell you how much, uh, but um, we have that. And then after that, we would, we would like to do one possibly set in metrics. And uh, I spoke to Max ferocity about it and uh, she's on board. So um, yeah, yeah, there's that, and that that kind of that kind of segues because I think I'm gonna be playing a new character, and my new character is gonna be called Vanoweth. and uh, I just chatted with Bima recently about helping me design the character, uh, so it's gonna be my first like Red Zone Rogue male character. I have, I have some cool ideas for him, and um, he will make his know. he will make his debut in the next D and D campaign thing. Uh, so, yeah. I'm, I'm super looking forward to that. So you should also look forward to that too, dear uh, listener and or viewer. Um, by the way, second yeah, episode. I listen, I listen, okay. I listen back to the, um, I listen back to the, uh, to the, the first one we did, and it's just, it's just great. It's brilliant, and I can't wait to listen back to the second one as well because, yeah, it's a lot more. It drives everything forward a little bit more, doesn't it? Yeah, so, I, yeah, I can't wait. I think the second one is like really, really cool. Uh, so. That'll that'll be debuting very soon, actually. Probably this week, maybe Friday. I don't know. It'll be debuting very, very soon. Um, nice. 
which is going to be cool. Definitely look forward to it because, uh, yeah. So, and then, did I have one more thing to talk about? Oh, yes, of course. How could I fit? forget? So this is going to segue into a larger discussion. Um, mm-hmm. I got to play the Round the Table product last Thursday. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. And so I went over to the professor's place to kind of talk shop a little bit, talk about some content, and um, I got to play the Round the Table product. And I can't talk too much about it. Um, I do want to hear as in Bill's opinions of it. I Like I said, I can't really talk much about it. Uh, but I will say this. Y'all are in for a hell of a treat. That's all I'm going to say. But I played it. I played it a bunch. Maybe for like four hours or so. Um, I have a lot to say about it. Uh Yeah. It was was like a couple. It was like, you know, three or four games. Um, uh, Lots of table talk. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have my own full review on it. I I can't say these things. I I will do my own full review on it. And I will have Prof on Red Zone Rogue to chat about his vision and all that kind of stuff for the product. I will likely solicit the community, so stay tuned for that. I'll probably post it on my community section on Red Zone Rogue in my Discord, the Rogue's Gallery Discord, as well as on my Twitter. And if you have questions for the prof, that's where you can ask them. It will be an in-person interview, um, you know, at at his place, very likely. And um, I also might cameo in some other videos or something. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So I, I really want your guys' opinions on the Round the Table product because I've had my experience playing with it, but I would love to hear your guys' opinions of the reveal because we did get we did get a reveal this past week. We got uh, all the heroes, all the heroes' mechanics, and then like a smattering of cards. Um, and so, yeah, what do you Go guys? On, Bill, what do you reckon? What do you guys think about <laughs> it? Uh, I think it's really cool that they're finally printing a product that is just. F- like very very casual oriented um something that i i think is is neat is they have obviously the the blitz precons which do help to depending on what sort of um wave of the precons you're looking at uh do help to to onboard people onto the game um but they're a very individual thing like you have to pick one for yourself your friend has to pick one and then like you Mm. there's that decision making sometimes it's easy sometimes it's not then you sit down and you play um then there was the classic battles which was kind of a step up in competitiveness competitiveosity um from those where it is sort of they're catered towards people who have at least the core understanding of how to play flesh and blood uh, and they are a little bit more competitive because of that. And now they're going like basically mushing those together in what sounds like a very cohesive way to make a really like, I would say, a casual format, um, a casual product for four people to play. That's just its own sort of battle box. Like you buy this and you have something that you can play with your four friends if you're having them over for some beers or whatever. Um I just think that's really cool. I think that's exactly something that Flesh and Blood needs um, just to continue to grow because, yeah, having a game that you can just you can just say, you know, like I said, you just have a bunch of friends over. Hey, do you want to learn how to play Flesh and Blood? Or for people who do know how to play Flesh and Blood, hey, do you want to play just some uh, 
what is it called again? Around the table? <laughs> oh, it's just, yeah. It's, yeah, just called uh-huh. ra- round the table. Round, round the, the table. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That's why I was, I knew it was around the, like round the table. Couldn't remember if it was around, but yeah, I think it's great. I think it's exactly what um, they should be making um, to just try to hit that mark of having a casual product. I just want to um, mention one quick thing about the name before we, we, mm. we continue. Interesting thing. It has nothing to do with my experience or anything at all. It's just something that I noticed that the way LSS was saying it, it's around the table, but then it's specifically, you know, fab cross telling community college. They, the way they templated the product is a way that they maybe could like do it again, but differently. Right. It's like round the table, yeah. colon, you know, telling community college collab. They could do round the table, colon, something else. Once again, no insider information that has nothing to do with anything that I know or anything at all. It's just something that I noticed just looking at the way that LSS templated it on the um, the product reveal. So anyway, continue. I'm sorry. Just round the round, table. Round. Go on. I had one as well. Legends podcast. <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I'm, hey. Oh, that'll be, that'll be so funny. James, I know you're not listening to this, but if you are, <laughs> hit, hit us up. Hit us up. That'd be sick. That's right. That would be sick. Um. Uh, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I second everything that Bill said. Really, I think it's something that we've needed for a while. Just a, a product that you can get out off the, you know, off the shelf and just play with people that might not have necessarily played the game before. But as a result of playing it this way, might then say, "Oh, can?" Or you can introduce them and say, "Oh, this can also be played one v one." You can then, if you wanted to, play those decks one v one against each other, but then also expand it and buy some more Blitz decks, which you can also still put in that same box. You could buy every other. Blitz deck mm-hmm. has been released, and you can just stack them in there, and you can just get ra- random ones out and still play it that way as well. So I think, yeah, yeah, the cro- the cross compatibility of it all uh, is also good because you can just play with the precons because they, I'm assuming, they come just like the other precons in like a little box. Perhaps I don't know. We, we've we can... uh, we've seen that already. I think so. That's yeah. not. Oh, we that's, have. Okay. Yeah, so they they do come in their own boxes. I think Prof showed them. In his reveal video, which, by the way, if you're if you're curious about the product at all and you haven't seen Prof's reveal video, go watch it. He shows some cards and he kind of just talks about it and just in general. He did have quite quite a big say in this. He didn't like design or develop the cards, but he really had a lot of say in the vision and the direction of the product. Um, Brian Gottlieb was actually a huge part in like designing the cards and building the decks, which. We will have Brian on the Living Legends podcast, actually, to talk about this and to really go yeah. into the design of the cards. We're going to do this, obviously, after the full deck lists have been revealed so we can actually talk about the cards. But, um, uh, yeah, they do have the little things. Um, so. Yeah, so you can, so you can, so you can, if you want to, if you want to go back and buy the Monarch ones and whatever, because it's obviously a multiplayer format, you can still play of all those ones if you want. So yeah, that could then, that could, that, mm. that could then sort of uh, lead people into thinking, oh, I can play, well, I, I like this character. Can I play this character in the actual format? Blitz, was it? Or is it CC? They get, you know, they start, then start asking questions about other formats and then you mm. might have a new player. So great you, gateway thing, really. You just made a really good point I didn't think about. Hmm, this could be a good uh, video idea. Like, so the, bo- the box that it comes with is uh, just a long box, right? I don't know. I don't know exactly how much it holds, but it's, you know, it's a, a standard like lo- long box, right? Um, yeah. But as just made a really good point, what you could do, and I think what I will do, is you could literally buy or get every single Blitz deck and just put them in the box exactly. and have like a yeah. massive battle box 
of just flesh and yeah. blood stuff. You could even sleeve them up and probably still fit like a, a huge, huge chunk of them, right? And I, I think that could be yeah, really, it's a pretty really substantial cool. thing, right? Like, yeah, it's just like a, it's like a hold on. I ha- I don't have it, but I have another box that Fab yeah. did. It would be, I assume, it would be at least as wide as a playmat, um, because it comes with a playmat, yeah. right? So, so I think oh, this cool. is yeah, it does come with a playmat as well, yeah. So yeah. this is like the one that a lot of content creators got. That uh, yeah. oh, part yeah, of the content creator kit. It's basically this, but it has mm-hmm. the the bright lights stuff on it, and then it has the Tillian Community College thing on it as well. So yeah, it's like do this. Do you have do you have a Blitz deck on you right now that you could test it with? Because you might you might be able to get a rough estimation of how many decks you can get in that box. Hmm. Okay, I don't, are, but I, are... inside here I do have stuff inside, oh, yeah. so you can see like the Dragon Shield boxes. So those are Dragon Shield sleeves, and so that's yeah. like a sleeved deck, right? And so that's mm. like just two there. You could probably fit like. You know, I don't like know, two, like four, six, ten, seven, yeah, seven, eight, maybe. Yeah, you, you can, can probably fit all of the blitz decks that have been released so far in that box. Well, what oh, I, what, yeah. what I, well, there's a whole bunch of blitz decks from History Pack One because remember that one had like six, and then Outsiders also oh, yeah. has six, so there's like twelve just between the two. But what what you should do, <laughs> those are the best ones, by the way, the Outsiders ones and the History Pack ones, plus yeah. the four from the Round the Table. So I, you just pick your favorite ones from that. If you want to do like no arcane barrier BS, you can do just the, the ones from the, uh, around the table. And then the ones from the, um, outsiders, uh, outsiders. And then you're good to go. That, that'd be like an incredible way to like teach someone how to play the game. And if you have multiple people, you can be like, Oh, we can play with the around the table ones. And if you have like, yeah. So I don't know. That's cool. Yeah. That's what I mean. That's what I do. That, that's what, that's, that's why it's really good because then you could then, evolve that conversation naturally into oh do you like this game do you want to play these blitz decks that we've also got 1v1 and then yeah. you know you could just it just mm-hmm. everything just go goes I, from there and that's exactly what it could be good for i think it's a super cool idea to do that if you are someone who's a champion of flesh and blood and it's not really popping off in your area but you want it to and you want to do it you could literally just buy the round the table product uh you know yeah. you know uh, maybe a little sealed brick of the outsiders starter uh, the blitz decks some sleeves, sleeve them up, slam them in the box, and then just bring that box to your locals and be like, hey, who wants to play Flesh and Blood? Like, that's just, like, an easy, super low barrier of entry way to do. All you have to do is buy, like, two products and then some sleeves. That's it. Um, yeah. Would you... Because oh, I'm actually probably... I probably am going to do that because I, I know we spoke about the, my, there's a card shop potentially open up near me yeah. in my town. Um, would you bother with heroes that have reached LL? Would you would you would you bother with Personally, like prisms? If it was me, actually, like if, if I was actually gonna do this myself, I would literally just get that product and then the outsiders. And outsiders. That's it. Yeah. Just that. Because that way you don't have yeah. to mess with arcane barrier, you don't have to mess with any of that kind of stuff. And I really do genuinely believe that the outside I can't talk once again, not gonna talk about the round the table product yet, but the outsiders yeah. blitz decks are really, really, really good. Uh, especially for new players because they teach you great fundamentals and they teach you like different kind of like styles of play. Um, so I would, yeah. I, would rec- I would definitely recommend that. And then maybe if you want to put, put more in um, you can do history pack one, but I, I personally wouldn't put Kano or, or, Vis- or, or Viscerai. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't do any, I wouldn't do any of the Arcane barrier stuff um, just Makes to make sense. it as, as easy as possible for new players to understand that's what i would mm-hmm. that's what i would do but yeah when you've got all those heroes playing well multiplayer and then potentially 1v1 with the non-arcane barrier nonsense you know if they if, if they then the people that you've introduced to it do want to start playing 
armories or if your, your game store then starts hosting those 1v1s as a result, you know, once they start getting more confident, you can then, you know, as a champion, sort of introduce those mechanics to them, yeah. I guess. Yep. Yeah. You can you can definitely even, even, you know, you could have those two decks at the ready. Just be like, oh, hey, these this is another mechanic that we can talk about. Here's Kano. This is what Kano does or whatever. Um, yeah. Or even Icelander. But you'd have to build your own Icelander thing because there's no Icelander starter deck. But, um, no. but yeah, that's what I would do. I think it's a great way to do it. And then that way you can even segue that into the um, – this is something they did announce, which I think is super, super – I think is really cool, is the casual play kit um, with that LSS – announced and i think it, this is something that i've wanted oh yeah this is something that i've wanted for a very very long time i'm super super happy to see that they're doing this i'm gonna pull up the information here on my phone but uh it's basically a casual play kit that has exclusive prizes in it and it's just kind of like a one kit it doesn't change every single month it's just kind of like the thing but what it does is it encourages like social and casual play formats like ultimate pit fight commoner and one of my favorite recent things is the um the the blitz deck sealed events where you you literally just play with a sealed blitz deck or whatever um mm-hmm. and i've heard tales of like those kind of things just being very very popular like just kind of popping off i've heard uh like you know you know 30 40 people events that that are literally just all sealed deck um sealed blitz deck and i think it's just a great way to you know have everyone on the equal footing uh so you don't just get well, it's a palate cleanser dumpster. isn't it it's, you know if you're sick of the old the same old decks and stuff being played at your armory you then run a palette cleanser event so you just refresh it a little bit more yeah and so like i i have it pulled up here uh so there are 12 different promo promos in a case of the mel so for for so the, for the melody kit there are 12 different promos uh and then you can use it over a period of time that fits the needs of each individual store and community um they differ in that they're like i said they're not evergreen they're not or they are evergreen they're not month specific and they just have a bunch of different promos in them, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah. What we can see here is you can see a Melody promo, her um, her fiddle, and then some like uh, armor pieces, as well as like a Melody playmat, which looks beautiful. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do want to mention one other thing. I did want to mention this kind of backtracking, just seeing the promos. For the cosplay contest, everyone got something, which I think was really, mm-hmm. really cool. No matter what, you got something. There's a whole bunch of promos to give. We actually did a top eight. So the top eight people got like better prizes, but the, everyone who entered, which I think was 21 people, which I think is the largest cosplay contest for flesh and blood to date. Um, I think so. I think that's what people were saying on Twitter. Um, everyone got something, which is super, super cool. I show off the, what they are in my, my vlog, but they're like really cool, like double-sided like promo token things and play mats. And, nice. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I was I was very impressed when I saw that um, they were changing up the uh, the prize support for those events, and yeah. including not just stuff for the winner, but then also there's the um, I forget what they actually are, but there's the the needle of spring and yeah, um, there's... needle of blossoms or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's. Yeah, the needle spring transforms into a Fiendle spring tunic, which is awesome yeah. to see the tunic on the other side as a token. Uh, and then the yeah. same thing for the spring transforms into a blossom of spring. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I, I think that's so cool. And I, I like the fact that they're just providing prize support for anybody who comes out, because even if you don't win one of those events, like it is a lot of 
like personal time and money yeah. that people put into yeah, it. Yeah. So it, having something to show for it, I think just feels really good in something like that. Like you're already putting that much effort in. Yeah. Um, and the so, play mats too. There's like two different play mats. Flesh mm-hmm. and Blood players love their play mats. So those are probably worth the, you know, hundred bucks, couple hundred bucks. I'm not actually sure, but I do know the Taylor's worth like three grand. So like, Oh yeah. It's like two, two yeah. to three grand. So like it's a, it's a big prize, right? Like it, it makes it worth it. Like, Rachel, who or Max Ferocity, who won, like won more money than a lot of the people competing in nationals. To be let's be honest, like yeah, that's right. So yeah, it, it's kind of wild how expensive they are. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that, that rightly, rightly so though. You know the amount of effort oh, yeah. you know they put into these things is just crazy. That data doll was mad. Was she really yeah. told me she had been working on it for over a year and a half. So yeah, wow, yeah, it shows. It really does show. Um, and yeah. uh yeah so yeah um round the table product is is awesome yeah we'll talk about it a lot yeah. more in the future i really want to uh orchestrate a like a fun upf video or, or live stream with uh with the boys here and then maybe uh someone else maybe maybe steve and diamarmada i asked uh, ian kenderdine uh who's been on the podcast before and if you don't know yeah. ian is one of the people who invented the upf format for flesh and blood so I figured that would be cool to to have him on and and play some play some games. Um, stay tuned for that. I'm up for that. Cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's basically the the round the table product. Um, I'm very stoked for it. Like uh, both As and Bill said, uh, it's it's a product that I've been kind of waiting for for a long time, and that I that I've thought Flesh and Blood is needed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I I have made videos about it back to like i don't know monarch aria days where i was like hey <laughs> like a battle box thing would be so good for flesh and blood and um yeah yeah so here couple... it is baby yeah here it is uh there's a couple other things we can talk about before we get to like a mailbag section uh as mm-hmm. mentioned a uh, controversy today on on twitter uh hey that... hey hey i'm nothing to do with it i'm in switzerland that stemmed Fuck the uk yeah, stemmed, <laughs> you're stemmed... neutral <laughs> You're neutral. <laughs> yeah, true, absolutely. True neutral. Um, true neutral. <laughs> so I think but, I'm actually chaotic. I think I'm chaotic neutral. I did the test the other day, actually. Uh, uh, chewy neutral. Chewy neutral. Yeah. I, Apparently, the chaotic, chaotic neutral sort of acts on their whims, but also is a good at heart. But he's just a free spirit, and oh, this yeah. describes me perfectly. Anyway, D and D. That's for another thing. Hmm, you might be more chaotic good though. Um, yeah. Because chaotic neutral people are usually very selfish too. They're just like yeah, that's also me as well. Apparently, okay, well, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> I I think I am. Uh, I've done that. I've done like D and D tests before. I think I'm neutral good for a lot of stuff, and I'm I'm good because I try to do the right thing. I try to do the good thing, but I try to do it within my own parameters, and I don't necessarily always like believe that the laws are correct. So that's why I'm not lawful. Um, I think I'm. Yeah. I think I'm lawful chaotic. <laughs> What I know that that's I know that that's not mixing the correct things, but I saw somebody say um, they like made another alignment chart out of just the um, the sort of like quadrants. Oh yeah. Um, and oh, yeah, right. I liked it. I liked uh, yeah, chaotic, lawful, chaotic, chaotic. lawful, lawful yeah. chaotic. I'm def. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> I'm definitely not lawful. I'm one of those people who's gonna like jaywalk or whatever. Like I'm just like <laughs> I'm just gonna run across the street, man. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't try to play off that getting hit with a pummel doesn't suck. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like it was one of our one of our saltiest cards as well uh, as a throwback yeah. to a yeah, different yeah. episode. Ooh, I do love me a good pummel though. Pummel's so great. <laughs> oh, um, it did make that list, didn't it? Of course it did. Yeah, because of oh, the yeah. discard effect. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's like it's like pummel and route. <laughs> oh, pummel. Yeah. Oh. I wish I I I I wait for the day where I can put pummel back into Uzuri so I can just shake down pummel someone, rip two cards out of the hand. Oh, it's so good. You go um shake down pummel um and then give it go again with the boots and then Surg- uh, surgical or something uh, surgical extraction <laughs> uh, or, or you can even do something even like similar you can you could do a sensor you've already seen their hand now um and you just pick That's whatever true. whatever card effectively yeah. discard another card yeah and uh, then do it. it's so sweet i think that's um i think that's make i think that's basically a staple now sensor in certain in zuri lists right i mean i, I run that. it i've seen a couple other people run it yeah I, I think also, it's, also... it's a card that people are surprisingly I, I, not that I'm surprised because I knew that sensor was just going to be strong. Like just mm. it, it rewards more knowledge of matchups. Um, yeah. And cards like that are always really good. But um, you can even name it's a card that so I th- can't play it. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's a card that I think a lot of people are surprised that it is as good as it is. Um, it seems to be one that's sort of sticking around in the discussion around cards from uh, from Dusk Till Dawn. My um, my top five list from Dust Till Dawn is pretty spicy because I have both Warmongers and Sensor on it. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, there were I think it was a couple of comments on uh, the set review I did with Tommy Fresh because our our estimation of um, Warmongers was oh this is a UPF card. Yeah, I think that was that's... it. That was the whole discussion. I mean, yeah, I mean it is, but also yeah. it's a it's a competitive card. I really also like... it just so happens to be very good. I. <laughs> I listened to uh, another interview with Brian Gottlieb. It might have been on Sloop Dupes podcast. It might have been on another thing, but he was talking about Warmongers and how he he believes it's just like it's good now, but there are other metas where it could be absolutely unplayable. Like just a, it'll just be a a blue three block. And he was talking about how like you know this is we have this effect now, but what happens when we have another effect similar to this, but not exactly this? And then what happens yeah. when we have another one and another one and another one several years down the road where Warmongers isn't even like considered all that much. It's like maybe only you tech it in against specific decks. Um, and I, I found that take really interesting. And I, and I, I, I really appreciate that level of um, foresight from a developer of a game where they're like planning for the long run and not just, you know, knee jerk reacting to whatever people currently hate which is yeah. like whatever they're losing to that that's just how card yeah. games work people just hate whatever they're losing to um so like i was even sorry go ahead oh, no, no, go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say i was i was thinking about it um a little while ago like cards i think it was when as and i were uh just sort of batching it on our own while you were off doing other stuff kel but uh one of the questions that we got from the mailbag uh which we should definitely transition to after this yes um but uh, one of the questions we got was, um, what do we think good reprints would be in the expansion slot or just mm. going forward? Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I said, like, I really like the idea of reprinting the, like, cards that have a lot of staying power, like generic uh, equipment, yeah. generic power cards, like the the power three, essentially, like uh, Art of War, Command and Conquer, and, and Light and Strike. Mm-hmm. You're never upset to see those being reprinted. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Like even in Light and Strike being the cheapest of them, it's just still a oh, good dude. card. Dude, um, E-Strike, E-Strike is incredible. I think, yeah. small, small tangent, I think E-Strike is a flesh and blood staple till the end of time, period. 
like it might not I think be it's just such a it it's it so might, flexible <laughs> it might not ever be like the best card but i think it's always like a very good card and yeah. um i i literally when i open up a booster pack never sad to see an e-strike it's just like oh sweet another one like yeah what? exactly yeah you're just always able to use it but um but yeah and then i think what i mentioned about warmongers is warmongers feels like exactly what was what you had just said kel like it feels like a card that's really good now but the potential for there to be a meta where it doesn't do quite as much very much exists oh yeah like, um like if the meta just becomes bravo or like what does warmongers do against bravo or like ever? wizards like <laughs> no, exactly if like yeah. wizards bravo ninjas i can see a, i can see a situation like even like with yeah. bright lights depending on how bright lights operates you know with boosts and stuff like you do warmongers yeah, your dash. dash who they don't care at all and like if yeah. it's like if the meta is like dash bravo icelander like you're gonna run the warmongers into those and the top like you know expecting you to go against them no and yeah, then that I, that's the time where decks like azalea can then be like who no one's running warmongers i can go back to my old my old like you know yeah. wombo combo it, kind of thing it feels like a card that can be that can sort of ebb and flow um, because it's very meta dependent. Um, yeah. so yeah, I can see a, a universe in which Warmongers, you know, for at least a while stays an expensive card, like 30, 40, $50 because it's good into the meta. But on the flip side, I can also see a meta that exists where Warmongers dives down to a 15, 10, $5 yep. card even. Yep. hundred percent. Um, I think, it... yeah, I think it's important to get your playset of it for the times that it is good but i think there will definitely be a time where it is not as valuable of a card as it is yeah i um 100 i think it, it's similar to like a toma fiendel where like that card yep. used to be like a 50 dollar card and now it's like 10 bucks or whatever right because yep. like everyone was running oh gotta run the toma fiendel draw your cards gain some life and this is when like fatigue was more of a thing um back this is like when dash fatigue was, was kind of a thing and um now it's like a not not much at all. I still really like the card, but um, yeah. And yeah, I, 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 I just imagine if we go to the bloody savage lands, and you know the brutes don't care about diplomacy oh, at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> in more know, ways than one. In more <laughs> ways than one, exactly. Um, so um, so yeah, it's, it's it's exactly that. It's going to be good in some some uh, some metas when you know people want to run the hybrid versions of you know rune blades want to do non attack attack Azalea wants to do non attack attack. But when that sort of changes, yeah, it's not going to be as good. I, I also want to mention one thing that I, I actually talked to Brian about at uh, at nationals, and we're kind of talking about warmongers a little bit, talking about Azalea a little bit, and how she's kind of gotten a a lot of like clap and he he and this is a good this is a good take here and i i, I do believe this take just in general for, for card games um i know it's easy to settle into especially a game like flesh and blood where it's like a, kind of like an eternal format kind of thing more or less mm -hmm. uh you can kind of settle into your your deck and into the vibe of your deck but he was saying that there's there's something to be said for like adjusting to metas and something like warmongers could mean that uh, a deck like azalea could actually just focus uh, maybe a little bit lean in more on like reactions, and I thought that was a uh, that was an interesting take, and especially something like Razor Reflex, right? Because now that you don't have your your Bullseye Bracers anymore, and there's Warmongers, well, now you can lean into like a Razor Reflex thing, so you can like dominate an arrow mm -hmm. and then do Razor to give it go again, and then follow up with another thing. Um, so he was just saying like you know people could adapt, and you know potentially there's a alternate version of like Azalea just waiting there to like you know lean into the, yeah. the meta a little bit more to be fair i'm not sure 
don't know whether I said that to you, Bill, on the last podcast, but yeah, there, there is a there is a there is a thing I'm thinking of doing because obviously with Razor Reflex, obviously it gives your bolt and shots go again, but also people block bolt and shots because they know what the damage is up front. If they don't know what the damage is up front with a Razor Reflex or an attack reaction, you're going to get the reload, which is what you need and what we're losing with the bullseye not being there. Um, so yeah, that is that is definitely interesting that you've had that conversation because that's something that I've been thinking of. I don't know how well it's gonna. Do. I think it was just in my Discord to be fair, in the Azalea Cult Discord. I was thinking, oh, maybe using attack reactions and fisticuffs is another thing that does it as well. It gives you the plus one on board if you pay two, I think, at mm. attack reaction speed. Yeah. Um, it's not great, but it's just another thing that could be used as a reaction instead. But. Yeah, people like to block Bolton shots and prevent you from reloading because all the damage is up front. They can see what it is, unless you've got a rain raisers. But yeah. adding more could be good. But we, but I think that's the only option we have, which is why well, I haven't really looked into it further. Sort of. I'm wrong. I mean, lunging press maybe another one. There, there's some. I mean, lunging press is kind of spicy. Um, yeah. Th- there might be a couple other ones, but what I, what I, what I'm thinking of is like, and it what Brian mentioned too is like. There's our, rea- you know, you can put the reactions in, but you could also tech your deck. And I think he, this is what he talked about in the Sloop Dude podcast as well, that um, you can also just build it in different ways. And so instead of going always tall, you know, with with, with no more bracers, uh, you can bring back in stuff like Ravenous Rabble, which he was saying has some decks have been not running it. And then you can also bring in more like Cheerios cards, like uh, Scar for Scar and, and that kind of stuff to go from a more mm-hmm. wide strategy without arrows rather than a tall with arrows um so i think yeah. there's i think there's a lot of play there and like you know i don't know if the decks are going to be that great but i think it's something that people could test um especially like big azalea fans so you can maybe take out maybe take out some of the pumps and then maybe put in like scarfer scars right or like uh mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff i'm actually always i've always been a big fan i don't know how good it is it might be too cute of a seek horizon so it's a zero for four Go again if you put a card from your hand on top. And so what you do is you put a card from your hand on top that you want to dominate. So you can seek Horizon for four, put your Red in the Ledger on top, and then do the Azalea swap and give it dominate and then smack him for five dominate. Yeah, and that, that even works with um, Sandscar Greatbow as well if you yeah. have aim counter matters cards in there because they, um, they come in with aim counters then as well, don't they? If you yeah. dominate them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's lo- there's loads of things that you can that you can brew. I thought I was interesting though. You brought brought up the attack reactions. It's good that Brian's thinking of that and yeah. you know, throwing that out that idea out there as well. But. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thing because I know from talking with Brian that LSS has like they're not just kind of like coasting along. They actually have an idea of what the metas should kind of look like. They have they have decks that they're like they believe that are great that people haven't really discovered yet out there. Um, I do believe that this this fatigue briar was on their list for a while. Like they were like, "Hey, this could be a thing," like internally, and turns out, yes, it is a thing. Like it is very good, and so yeah. I I don't think Flesh and Blood is like a solved game. It's a game that is like, you know, fairly complicated to some degree, and people like to play decks that people say are like really good. But there, you know, there's some off. Stuff, you know, off meta stuff out there that could be very powerful. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, there's always the hype of seeing, you know, the, the top eight cut and seeing one Dark Horse deck that had like an insane turnover rate because it was yeah. them and one other person in yeah. the field. Uh-huh. Like it's... the the one that I, I still think of um, like every now and then is uh, it was 
the calling Vegas with Tyler Horsepool, mm. uh, where he won out against Chain as Prism. Yeah. And in the top eight, there was a dash, and it yeah. was I think they were literally oh. one of two dashes that showed up. <laughs> um. Oh, I oh crap! I don't remember their name. They were local ah, to me. Their last name is like. No. Their last name is like Miracle or something. Alberto. Like, Alberto Miracle. There we yes. go. Um, yeah. Yeah. Alberto was like he moved, but uh, was local to Portland for a while. Um, yeah. So I was like really really happy to see like a, a local person getting to the top eight. I was like, yo, hell yeah. Um, and like uh, like we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Japanese nationals, uh, Dorinthia in the top eight, right? Mm-hmm. Like pretty sweet like i was i was pretty stoked oh. to see no not, not not even in the top eight they got to semis right they, they got top four so i was like that's sweet um, like th- you know this different they carved their way through like hordes of lexis and and stuff you know and mm-hmm. icelanders and in fact uh what one cool thing that i that i did that, they, that i did learn they ended up losing to icelander in the semis but they had beaten that exact icelander player in swiss um so it's like it wasn't like a you know they handily lost. It was like a close, close game. Um, and that's, and that's what I meant. That's what I mean by, like I mentioned this earlier. I think the, the flesh and blood CC meta is like quite open right now. There, there's, it's like such a exciting meta for, for, for like fans of flesh and blood for like watching purposes. I know some players, some competitive players really like only like, Oh, they're like the three deck meta or whatever. Um, but no, I, I, I'm in the other camp. I like, I like it when there's like a bunch of decks viable. I like it when there's like, yeah, Lexi, People think Lexi's the best deck, but I don't know. You can argue that Icelander's up there. And then you have the new Briar list. You have Dromai. You have Bravo. I think Uzuri is always in the contention because she's just a really, really solid deck. Her problem is she doesn't have any like easy wins. They're all like pretty close. Mm-hmm. But she's good enough that she's good enough that they're all they're all pretty close. Like, um, and that's why you see Uzuri pop up in like top eights here and there because she she can do it. But yeah, yeah. Even Azalea popped up on yeah. um, the, the 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 finals of the Swiss Nationals and the semi-finals of the Swiss PTI this weekend. Yeah. Um. So you know, it st- still can be effective, even though Warmongers does exist. She can still be good. Yeah. I know, mean, like you got right for Warmongers, it's only three cards in the deck too, right? On the turns they have it, it can yeah. it can suck, but they have to draw into it, right? Um, and it's not like easy to recur. And you can still kind yeah. of like depends on it's, what you have in your hand. It's yeah. really like any other sort of silver bullet piece. Yeah. Um, like the the thing that I'm really, really genuinely seeing with um, people talking about warmongers is it feels, at least as far as I remember, a lot like the discussion around Snag back in like Monarch. Oh era. yeah. Um, like Snag was an expensive majestic. It was like thirty bucks, I think, when I first started, and it was exactly for the chain matchup and yep. even then it was exactly for rift bind yep. like it <laughs> yep. was such a specific piece oh yeah but in those situations when everything sort of came together and you were able to hit the rift bind with it it was debilitating like it was yeah it, it like swung the game in your favor so much it, so agreed yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was a huge part of coverage like waiting for the rift bind like when they'd have like a big or waiting yeah so they'd have a big rift bind turn it'd get a huge pump you know r- massive rift bind and i was like okay do they have the snag, right? Like, do they have yeah. the snag on this turn to like make the rift bind just attack for two or whatever it is? Like, and it really swings things around. Yeah, that's cool. Um, before we get on to the mailbag, I do want to mention a couple quick things in terms of flesh and blood meta and nationals. So I haven't seen all the nationals, and we still have more coming up. But um, a couple really cool things to note. Even though there are smaller tournaments, so take that you know take this with a grain of salt, right? The U.S. nationals was massive, but 
some of these other nationals throughout the world are much, much smaller. But um, Bolton won one of the nationals. I don't remember which one, but Bolton did win a nationals. Um, yeah. Kano won a nationals. Um, so, like, it, it's all kind of, like, meta-dependent. It's all, like, matchup-dependent and that kind of stuff. But I do love it when you see stuff like Bolton, right? Like, win a nationals. I think it's just super cool. Yeah. Um, it's It's really cool to see people like bring a deck that they obviously know very well to like an actual um result you know like yeah. top eight top eight is a result even if you don't win that's a result not everybody can get top eight so and it's, oh, it's interesting I... lexi had been following this path of like everyone's being like okay she's the best deck or one of the best decks but not really converting like actually getting living legend mm-hmm. points it's something that that oldham did for a while everyone's like oldham's the best but he's not actually converting. And then all of a sudden he's just like, bam, 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 win, 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 win. And then he just sped run to living legend. That could be the case with Lexi here. Um, But we're not seeing a ton of Lexi wins. We're seeing some, but not a ton. Uh, I will note that the calling in Vegas was won by Yuki Lee Bender piloting Lexi. So that is a a nice little handful of uh, living legend points for Lexi. But um, I'm not even sure if she's going to LL out before bright lights. Um, obviously Briar is because Briar won national. So Briar is going to be living legend as well as Rosetta Thorn. Um, but Lexi, I don't know. Lexi's close. Icelander's close. Um, I think the flesh and blood meta would be fascinating. So fascinating. If Lexi and Briar and Icelander all living legend out, all of the, all of the elemental heroes gone. Like, yeah. And that'd be really wild. No ice, no ice at all. I think it's, I think the aggro decks are going to run like buck wild all, all over everyone. If it's like no ice, it's just going to be yeah, like then, just aggro. Then Bravo, <laughs> then Bravo pops up and the Zalia pops up again. And that, that could, yeah, again, that, that, that alone just forges a whole new situation, doesn't it? That's a good thing about this living legend system is the fact that when one of those boogie men or boogie women goes out of the meta, you know, all these other decks decks do pop up then as a result. But, but yeah, it's just it, also interesting the fact that all these living legends are elemental or monarch heroes, right? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of it, a lot of really... them are from that era of design where Brian wasn't wasn't there. I don't think. I don't think he was <laughs> designing keeping them back. He wasn't. He wasn't doing. He wasn't doing it. But Let, that's good. Let's be honest. They're all boogie women. All all of the best flesh oh, and yeah, blood heroes are, are female characters. Just, to be honest, yeah, except really. except. Except, except for Chain and Starbow. All right. Well, except for Chain and Starbow. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's a funny thing that uh, Dalen Mack said to me before. Um, you were like, I can't remember how it came up, but like like male characters and flesh and, bl- and female characters. And he's like, well, all, all the all the female characters in flesh and blood are like bangers. Like they're real, really good. And I'm like, that's, hmm, right. that's a good point. Like Prism, Lexi, Briar. Yeah. Like it, it's funny when you look at the top of a lot of them, they're all just female characters too. So it's just like Lexi's Icelander, Briar. Um, yeah. Anyway. Sometimes. So and then uh, there used to be the old man in in the middle of a mall, didn't he? Old yeah, yeah, there, right. And everyone else surrounded by um, I'm not, blood women. Anyway, not sad <laughs> to see Oldham go at all. To be honest, no, exactly. E- even though I did have to, I still ended up casting two hour plus long matches for U.S. Nationals because they were the the Briar. The fatigue briar matchup. Bro, it's brutal. But I will say it's way more interesting than Oldham. 
um where oldham is just like block 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 hammer block 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 hammer whatever um at least it's more interesting where it is a lot of block 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 but it's kind of like they have the seven attacks they have some like interplay here i don't know it's just a little more interesting um yeah with that said do we have a Mm -hmm. mailbag gentlemen i don't know i don't have the email pop well that was a there was a obviously on the topic of Bolton. There was an interesting comment left on uh, the last podcast actually from Ra- from Ravenous Babble, and that they're saying Bolton is actually very good right now. People just aren't building or playing him correctly at the moment. Once he places, which is what he's done, people will do what they do, play that deck, and then realise that he's gas. That is that mm. is that the case? You know, once when you see a so, when you see a hero that's not necessarily looked on, looked on as being good once the optics reaches everybody else that he's won a calling or won this or whatever, do people then figure it out? Do people, more people play it? He would need to win a bigger event. I'll, I'll just be, I'll just be really honest here. Um, mm-hmm. Bolton is not going to be the one that's going to be played a lot this season. It's going to be fatigue Briar. Everyone saw how commandingly fatigue Briar beat Lexi in us nationals. And now I imagine there's going to be a lot more fatigue Briar trying to get their uh, invites to worlds um, for the rest of um yeah. nas- national season when does when does that uh kick in when does her uh the, i guess it would be the the living legends only happens at the next um bright, bright lights announcement banned the... and restricted announcement mm-hmm. right yeah I'm pretty It'll... sure living legends happens every week but yeah, never mind every week <laughs> it does but, <laughs> we, but... Do, we certainly try to make it that way <laughs> but yeah, yeah we the, do yeah the heroes i don't think we've missed that much but the heroes uh they they LL out at the BNR announcement, yeah, which is going to be yeah. bright around bright lights. So yeah, um, so we have, there's like another two ish months. It's like it's like um, it's like really one month, honestly. I think <laughs> it's coming up, man. It's coming up. Um, but for the rest of national season, and I think a little bit of is there a ProQuest season in there where they can play Briar? Don't get me. Don't, I don't remember off the top of my head, man. I, I've been doing a lot of. I think yeah, stuff, they but... just announced. I, I saw somebody post um, PQ season four. Yeah, is coming up. I, I think it, I think it that? happens before Bright Lights. I think it happens. Twenty uh, first of October to the fifth of November. Oh, never mind then. But 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 so other there are some events. So there are some events. So like Battle Hard in Portland, for example, is going to be happening yeah. later this month, and I know there's a bunch of other ones happening too. So those are the events that you could play fatigue briar if you want which i mean yeah release october 6th okay yeah yeah so i imagine a lot of people are gonna be playing fatigue briar bolton is an interesting case um i'll take this person's i'll take uh, ravenous babbles word for it <laughs> but it, it kind of harkens back to what we were talking about earlier where there's a you know there's probably decks that people you know underlook and don't really see that that are very strong um whether or not something like bolton is like consistent enough to be like very good i don't know I, I i don't really know bolton is actually honestly one of my weakest knowledgeable you know heroes that i'm knowledgeable about in fact we're doing coverage i asked um flake i was like okay flake are you really good with Leviathan and bolton because bro like i don't know nothing like i know some like i know the cards yeah. i know the cards but i was like i can't do like super super great coverage for those so i was just like if if we have a if we have to do a Bolton or Leviathan matchup, um, I'll I'll do play by play and you can do color because uh, I don't know, <laughs> like I'm not sure because I I don't know what's coming next. <laughs> I'm like no, I, I I can kind of guess, but I'm just like I don't know. I like, 
Yeah. I had to do one. I had to do one this weekend. It was Bolton versus, um, I think it was Lexi. Mm. And uh, Bolton just doesn't, doesn't do anything, does he? He doesn't do anything. <laughs> he doesn't do anything until he does a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Until he does Lumina, Lumina Ascension. Um, yeah. But I, I, was, I, was say, I was saying that he doesn't, he needs something extra that he does in the early game. Because the late game, he has the Luminas, he has the Beacon of Victories for 14 or whatever, 14 extra. I think he just needs to do something early on well, in the game. Yes, I agree. Uh, Bolton is like a combo deck that doesn't do do anything. He doesn't like block yeah. well. He doesn't threaten your opponent's like life total or hand. Where like no. where like Icelander is like a kind of like a combo deck too, where they want to get your opponent to around ten health and then kind of combo off with Storm Striders, you know, Endless Winter or not Endless Winter, um, the yeah. specialization one to get the the Frostbite Frost Hex combo to just to 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 win. Yeah. Um, and then the um, but at least for for Icelander, she's still chipping away yeah. and doing yeah. stuff. And, threatening your opponent's hand like that that's the big thing yeah icelander always is like demanding cards from your opponent's hand right from insidious Mm -hmm. chill from aether ice vein even from like the bullander seven attack kind of things it's just like hey i'm gonna threaten your life or i'm gonna threaten your hand and you just kind of chip them down and bolton is just kind of like i don't know i'll attack you i'll attack you for one with go again uh with zero cards in hand (laughs) and then charge my soul for nothing right now but it could be something later if i'm not dead by turn three it's like the charge mechanic it always comes back to the charge mechanic the charge mechanic in a game like flesh and blood is just brutal uh just demand tough yeah ripping a card from your hand is it's what your opponent want to do your opponents want to rip cards from your hand and you're doing it yourself like to yourself um I think in a in a, yeah. in a different game, maybe this is just a very T- TCG playery talk. But like in a in a game where you can have like seven cards in your hand, I think charge would be really good. Um, but in a game where you literally only have four cards and you have to also use those cards to pay for your resources and also block what your opponent's doing, meaning like you're you're like data doll essentially. Like it's it's rough, and we all yeah. know data doll. We're, we're, we're back. We're back to trashing on Bolton again. I love it. Oh Brilliant. no. <laughs> I'm sorry, Larry. I was, no, so I, it's not really trashing on Bolton. It's just understanding the weaknesses of the of the design, right? I'm, yeah, I'm, I think it's I'm, fine I'm, to. For it. oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say me and I was going to say me me and Pascal had a well, I, I had a thought and he sort of agreed with it. What if Bolton was gaining life in it, you know, while he was doing his things? Because if he was gaining life, that would mean that he essentially mitigates the damage that he's taking. So then, when he gets to the late game, he's got more life to potentially play with. So if he was gaining life in the early game while doing these things. You know, that mm. might be that could be a good way to mitigate the fact that he's doing nothing because he's gaining life. Maybe. Um yeah, I don't but... I don't hate that. It gives you a little bit more of a buffer. Um that yeah. it kind of offsets the fact that you're not blocking. Yeah. Um I, yeah. I think if they do it in a certain way it could be good. It actually leads into one of my big fears about the cleric class, if they ever actually make the cleric class from the lore book, because I'm like one of the things, mm. it's the same reason I don't like Oldham. It could lead to a degenerate place where the games take forever to play and it's just super, super unfun to play like a two-hour game where your opponent's just like, I gain life, I gain life, I gain life. It's the same thing with like, True. where it's like Oldham is just like, I block everything you do. You can't hurt me. And the, the games just take a, like two hours. Um, that's my yeah. big, that's my biggest fear for the cleric class is that it just becomes a slog to play, like just unfun to play. I don't, dislike life gain like i think sigil solace is a, is a cool card um 
And I think an incidental life gain is cool. Like the life gain off of Lumina Ascension or the life gain off of just like, yeah. you know, random things here or there. It's um, it's just tough when it's dedicated life gain. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I think in Bolton, it'd be probably fine. But it's just one of those things that I think about, you know, like when I think about just game design, card design, um, where they could go with potential new stuff. It's just like life gain is something in flesh and blood that they don't do very often. I think it's a very smart thing that they don't do it very often, but it worries me because they printed poison the well. And I'm like, Oh no, what are you doing here? Like poison the wells, the card from dust till dawn. That's like until end of turn, whenever your opponent would gain life, they lose that much life instead. And I'm like, okay, this card's kind of useless right now, but this, is this like a harbinger of things to come? Are you preparing for a life gain strategy where yeah. you're like this this is going to be the warmongers for that deck right is this going to be like a 40 dollar card when the cleric when when they make uh anna scion of scion <laughs> of solana and it's like scion of solana right right yeah, yeah. that's right well sign of Sh- Sh- solana and, well i'm not gonna spoil it but um <laughs> i was gonna say the card border um yeah but uh and then it's just like gain a whole bunch of life. And then you have to be like, no, now you lose 10 life instead of gaining 10 life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. actually, well, I, I, mean, I actually think a cool cleric mechanic would be a lot of your attacks cost you life and then your non-attacks gain you life. And so you have like this balance between gaining life and losing life to do your, to do your stuff. It could also be a necromancer yeah. too. Um, it could be. Yeah. yeah that'd be kind of yeah. wild. I think using life as a resource is just a really interesting thing. If, if done well, you have to do it really. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting into the weeds. Way to kind of leverage it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just gonna say, I think that I, I don't recall us getting any messages in the um in the old Gmail, which by the way is livinglegendspodcast at gmail.com. There um, go. Yeah. But uh but yeah, so I think that we could probably just wrap it up. Yeah. Um, we yeah, yeah, we touched on some good stuff today. Yeah, definitely. Um uh, well, it, the, the living legend podcast at gmail.com definitely email us there but also if you engage on the youtube and twitter and all that sort of stuff uh we do try and include like the ravenous babble thing about bolton um yeah. we do try mm. to to try and include these comments now just to give us a little bit extra when uh when there's not much going on but there is lots of go- lots of stuff going on uh, and will be going on as as cal mentioned at the very start so make sure you stay tuned Definitely. for all that good stuff yep 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 sounds good and uh, yeah. I think uh, I think that's good. I think we had a great discussion today. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, dear listeners and viewers, for joining us for another episode of the Living Legends Podcast. I have been Kel, and uh, I'm going to send it around to do the, the, the round of shilling. We'll go opposite again. Let's go as... Oh yeah, so um, so yeah, Go Again Gaming on YouTube and Go Again Gaming AZ on Twitter. Uh, people that um, do follow me on there. I don't know why you would though. Um, may have noticed that I've been doing this uh, this daily thing. Now the daily yeah. thing has uh, stopped um, temporarily while I'm in Switzerland because I've got a lot of content. You may have seen or heard. Well, by this point, you probably would have when it comes out. But I also did a, a pack uh, box opening on the top of a mountain, which mm-hmm. which was which, which was fun. Uh, and there's loads of other content that's going to be coming out on Gogan Gaming based on the Swiss trip and the the game stores and stuff that I visited. Because there was two game stores in Switzerland that I visited. Um, they didn't have time to do tours because they were very busy, but I just went round and captured a lot of footage and stuff. So, um, yeah, lots of stuff coming out on there. But I will be back to the daily stuff when I get when I get home. 
Um, have had yes. a, had a few had a few treats while I've been over here, you know. But I cl- I climbed a mountain, so it's okay, you know. That's what I have to tell myself. <laughs> Just gotta gotta justify it to yourself to make to make exactly, you feel better. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But um. But yeah, that's pretty much it. So I'll throw it over to uh, whoever wants to take it. Bill, Bill, I believe. Billiam. Yeah, I think it'll be me. Uh, I am yeah. Bill from the Spike Feeders. Uh, you can find me on social media at Bill TSF. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube uh, at the Spike Feeders Fab. Uh, we do live edited gameplay content, uh, usually Blitz format. Uh, we are looking to, uh, at some point, do a live in-person UPF game. Um, it nice. may actually just behoove us to wait for bright lights and or for the um, round the table yeah. and just work with that, because I think that would be cool, um, being able to show that off as well as do our first UPF game and have it be something that's like really cohesive and stuff. So I'm going to pitch that to um, the people that I have in mind for um the the in-person event that we're going to be doing um and uh yeah you can also find me on the main spike feeders channel uh where i play commander uh mostly just pre-con level um or just pile of card level um sort of power nice uh and it's a lot of fun you should definitely check that out too (laughs) awesome and then yeah i've been kill red zone rogue everywhere I'm going to be talking a lot more about Flesh and Blood um, and uh, my other random card games here and there. I'm going to be going to Ascent Houston for Grand Archive at the end of the month. And then, um, well, actually, I'm going to be going to Battle Hard in Portland in like a couple weeks. And then at the end of the month, I'm going to Ascent Houston. And then in a couple months after that, we're going to Barcelona. Um, mm-hmm. So I got a lot of trips planned. Um, and uh, yeah, you can follow me at Twitter or whatever if you want but definitely definitely regardless of all that if stay tuned for the ninth my my dust and a dust hold on my my bright lights preview card you don't want to miss it it's super cool i love it you're gonna be pretty surprised that's all i'll say but just stay tuned for that so if you're gonna follow me for anything do that one do that one so yeah definitely yeah yeah so well, Fantastic. anyway, um, thank you both for the wonderful chat today. Thank you, the viewer or listener, uh, for hanging out with us. We always appreciate it. Um, and yeah, we will catch you all in the next episode. See you later. Awesome. I don't know what's going to happen with the the chat of the burger because I know that was when I cut out. So I don't know what you, what we're going <laughs> to it's what now do with that burger time now. Well, as is now, he's just fully gone. He's just he's just fully gone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm trying to wait, uh, wait, wave to people uh, in the. I don't know where I am in the thing. <laughs> it's just uh, the the very top of your head, and then the side of like some card boxes. Oh, there you go. What's up? Uh, hello. Hello. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll wait for Az. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> so we could we could we could wait for Az to come back. It's funny because like the whole you know last like ten minutes or whatever, totally fine. Yeah, it was smooth. When we start talking, boom, just immediately dropped. Yeah, anyway, have I ever, do you, are you aware of or have I ever told you about Burger Week? No, you said it, and I'm like, I don't know, sounds delicious. Burger Week. It is. Yeah, it's um, once uh, once a year, uh, I think it usually starts September 1st. Uh, It used to be one week, and then it got so popular that it became two weeks, so it's actually Burger Weeks. 
um but a bunch of uh restaurants all around canada will do like <clears throat> specific burgers for this week to oh. try to either drum up interest or just sort of make themselves like put themselves on the map a little bit more okay yeah, that makes sense and uh yeah it's it's really it's really nice in it, it for the same reason it is good it is also bad because it gives everybody a lot of options to sort of um advertise themselves mm. but also like then a lot of uh, places that really don't need the advertising just end up watering down the list of burgers so like for example um do you have smitty's in the states or like we, it's basically denny's okay we, we do have denny's yeah yeah it's it's like the same type of thing it's like a very vague restaurant where it's like kind of pub diner yeah whatever um but yeah like each individual smitty's location <laughs> has their own entry okay and it's like but you're just like a chain diner like i don't know it's just it's doesn't really uh doesn't really fit for me but all of the like small places get to uh get to do their own thing i tried one um there were actually two from some local places that i really like that i i tried on friday one of them was a cheesy meatball sub mm. uh, so not really a burger but eh, whatever and the other one was a burger done in the style of a crunch wrap supreme um, i mean i'd be down for that phenomenal be down for that. so good here i'll uh where is it uh cosmos check on my Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I'd like to get. Yeah, it's <clears throat> phenomenal. Like for burgers here, there's a lot of places. There's one next to me called Killer Burger, which is pretty good. Um, there's just there's a Five Guys like down the road that Robin and I go to often because it's like easy. Uh, and yeah, then I also I like Five Guys. Yeah, <laughs> Five Guys. And then there's um a local chain called McMinimins, which is kind of like this uh pub restaurant thing and they have like their own like house ales and stuff i actually don't get burgers from McMinimins though i usually get other stuff i usually get like you know like they have a really good greek euro that i that i get um i'm i love euros i love euros and i love um uh what's it called um like shawarma Oh yeah, Middle Eastern. Yeah, oh, dude, so good. Euros um, made me realize how much I actually very much like feta. I didn't think I would. Yeah, because because I, I don't like some of the other cheeses kind of like that. But like, I'm a big big fan, big fan of feta. Oh look, as oh hello, back. Oh, hello. 